Hello, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Hi, Sharon. Thank you for uh, welcoming me, for inviting me. I'm so excited. Now, before we get started, we have to acknowledge the fact that uh, you just installed an app and we're recording a podcast. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I, I feel quite proud of myself for that whole process. Going and, I, and I'm very proud of you because you didn't panic and you just did it. Yeah. I have interviewed doctors all over the United States and I can't tell you how many just freak out and go, I, it's not working. I, I think it's all my, my work with teens. I have to, I have ah. to stay up and be, be tech. And me too. Yes, me Brave. too. I have an intern that is 19 mm -hmm. and um, my employee who I don't even like to call employee, she's 27. So yeah, me and you are we're smarter than the average bear, Jessica. Yeah. Let's get that out of the way. They keep or we they keep us fresh and young. Yes. And we're mm -hmm. we're excited about them, not angry that they're millennials. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. And right. That's the biggest thing coming out of this podcast. I would be very happy. <laughs> yes. You see, mm -hmm. I knew this was gonna go perfectly. Um, <laughs> so I wanna give everybody a little framework about who you are and what you do. Um, but before we even do that, I want to acknowledge and thank you for what it is that you're doing, because I believe in it. We are going to understand more when we continue this conversation, but more than anything, I believe that um, if we have candid, open conversations to children that mm -hmm. a lot of parents think um, aren't the brightest. They're actually way brighter than we give them credit for. Um, that's why I employ them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, then we would really, we'd be doing a, a wonderful thing for, for kids today. So I ran a pediatric office for eight years before I opened my business. And one of the biggest things was um, we were referring out to psychologists, psychiatrists, um, ADD, ADHD, behavioral and it was very frustrating for me because I have a 15-year-old stepson. Okay. And um, he's yet to be medicated. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say it's not needed for some people. Yeah. I'm just mm -hmm. saying that um, exhaust every effort. There's wonderful things mm -hmm. like um, meditation and alternatives that we'll talk about and mindset. Then just going on and, and writing the script. So that was the framework I wanted to give to you. And to the okay. audience, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, could it kind of set the stage and um and go in the direction that I I know that you want to go in because I I felt like as soon as I knew what you did that we were going to have a great conversation. So Jessica, for the audience, let everybody know who you are and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Jessica Mori, and I am the lead teacher and a co-founder of Inward Bound Mindfulness Education. So it's, and we call it I Be Me. And Love we it. offer, yeah, um, our main focus is offering meditation retreats for teenagers around mm. the United States and in Canada and one in the UK. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of like, it's like going to meditation camp in the summer or uh, over New Year's, over the holidays. Well, when are you going to do it for adults? Well, we get that question a lot. <laughs> um, and we do have a few adult retreats every year. Mm. So actually one coming up in August. Uh, where? We, it's in Massachusetts, which is where yeah, I'm based. Yeah. And, wow. 
And so it's a three night, it's a little shorter than our teen program. It's three nights and we actually run it very similar to what we do with teens. And just to say as a little tangent, I was a little skeptical when I first started mm-hmm. offering more for adults. And I now tell myself adults are teenagers too. Oh my and, God, we never change. I'm 46 and like, I still think like a child. Totally. Thank and, God. <laughs> yeah, well that, that is a good thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just so, so we, we teach meditation, but it's not, um, it's mixed in the, the silent periods are mixed in with what we call relational mindfulness, where people are really getting to share their stories, be heard and seen. And mm. then we also have creative expression and outdoor time, nature awareness. So mm. adults love, love it. the flow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, oh my God, I feel like I could talk to you for six hours. <laughs> We're going to keep it condensed and we'll schedule our own call because Great. a million ideas are mm-hmm. going through my mind because I help doctors grow their businesses and mm. I own a media company and um, you never know how your business is going to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And interestingly mm. enough, you, you might even have another registrant mm. and who knew that you could say it to me and not just reach the audience and I might sign up. So I am, um, I'll be 25 years sober on August 11th. Let's just cut right to wow. the chase. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Yay. Mm-hmm. So I got sober when I was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. And one of the main reasons that I talk about it um, right up front now is because I want to cut to the chase, right? Like I want, mm-hmm. I want people to really let me humble myself so everybody else can take a breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not you, because I know mm-hmm. if you're doing this, that there's a story behind everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened so now all I do is, you know, meditation and I ride my bike and I did active meditation in nature today. And I posted about it, which is so interesting. Yay. You said that, mm-hmm. but for my 25th uh, sober anniversary, all I've been looking for is a meditation Yay. retreat. Can you even believe yeah. this is happening? Wow. We would love to have you. And I'll be teaching that retreat. Oh, so awesome. Cause mm-hmm. this is what we call serendipity in business. Mm-hmm. You must believe in the signs. Yeah, yeah, I do. So um, I'm going to let you flow for a while because I could talk about this forever because especially running a pediatric office and seeing what was happening, what led you to this? Yeah, so I do, There, you know, there is some story behind that. I went on my first meditation retreat when I was 14. Mm. So uh, 26 years ago, I just turned 40. Yeah. How did that um, happen though? Your parents like meditators or? Yeah. My okay. mom, my mom was a, um, and actually my dad, my dad was in recovery since I was eight. Awesome. So, so, and he. See, we're bonded. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, as you know, as part of recovery, the meditation yeah. is part of that, um, the steps. Mm-hmm. So th- I went to this, they kind of sent me to this meditation retreat when I was 14 up here in Massachusetts at the Insight Meditation Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, just totally fell in love immediately Um, and went back every year. And then I actually took a gap year when I was 18 and went to Asia, to Burma, to meditate in a monastery. Yeah. So just deep dive and all that adolescent brain stuff, underestimated Mm -hmm. any kind of risk and overestimated all the novelty. So just jumped on a plane and flew to Burma. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was a total adventure. Mm -hmm. And so since then I've just, meditation has been a huge part of my life. I did long retreat. I did a three-month retreat in college, um, took a semester off. So did a lot of meditation, 
then I got in, um, but my career was really in clean energy and climate policy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got, then I got back involved as a volunteer with the team meditation retreats. And in 2010, we decided we needed to make a nonprofit and, um, so that we could offer more of these programs. We could feel the sense of the demand growing and see the unbelievable impact. Like time, I can't tell you how many times, uh, I mean, let alone what I see happening with the teenagers, but how many times we would have adults come as volunteer mentors Mm -hmm. who have been working with youth for decades and tell me this is the most powerful Mm. work with youth I've ever seen. And so I didn't, (laughs) right. And I didn't, I mean, I just was a youth and Mm -hmm. we're back. I wanted to help. And so to hear, and so I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a youth professional until I, um, so deeply involved in this. So to hear these folks say that was like, okay, we're on to something with what we're doing on these programs. Okay. So now tell me about the the business side of that. So, you know, my, this podcast, I, I have two, but this uh-huh. one, um, the doctor whisperer is, you know, I consult for a lot of physicians and I end up mm, without uh, taking away anything from any professional therapist out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I end up doing a lot of that because in the medical industry, especially there is a lot of when, when you're a healer of any kind, you're constantly giving of yourself and not taking. Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. because of my practice for 25 years, I, you know, saw something too that has evolved in the last six years. I used to never talk about, you know, my recovery or any of that's especially not on a public platform because I've been running business for over 20 years, even before I opened my own, Mm -hmm. um, that it's, I mean, it is so powerful. And if you can be that, um, conduit Mm -hmm. and allow people to see it and let it take over because you almost can't convince anybody, right? I mean, you can't, you can't yeah. say it enough how much people mm-hmm. need it, right? But mm-hmm. once yeah. they get in it, it's like, oh my God, I wish I was doing this 10 years ago or whatever it is. So tell me about how the business kind of progressed because this is yeah. the business of medicine is what I, I focus on to try to give people even ideas of what they could do in their own practice. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so yes, I would say, I can't tell you how many times I've also heard parents, adults, many of our donors and funders say things like, I wish I had learned meditation and mindfulness when I was a teenager and how much would that have changed my life decisions and um, a lot of basically the suffering that I went through. So that's common. Um, on, the, on the business side of it, um, I would say it's really just been, it's been a complete labor of love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working in, in Washington, D.C. as in climate change policy. I have an engineering degree so just to give you a sense of like, of like, course you do. Yeah, that is not surprising at all. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, great. Uh, and really just was showing up as a volunteer and was like, okay, I know how to set up a nonprofit. I'll do that. Um, and then we had hired an executive director who got really ill right from, he was only worked for us for two, two months and actually had to have a heart transplant. Mm. It was, um, his doctor's in, on an ECMO machine. And, um, wow. and so, and, but I will say, end of the story is he got a heart transplant got married has a baby doing really oh, well wonderful now. thank yeah. god mm-hmm. yeah um so basically i just jumped in i quit my career mm. and 
took over as executive director thinking, okay, I'll just do this for two years, get the organization set up and then hand over. Um, so I mean, it's, and then it's just a startup. Yeah, you know, it is a yeah. nonprofit, but all it's the same things as any any kind of stuff. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And as in the business side of it, I can't I mean, I don't I can't even imagine surviving this without having a contemplative practice. Um, just the, the amount of stress that it takes oh. to be to run a business. Oh, my God. Can mm-hmm. I get an amen? Yeah. What? <laughs> well, it yeah. is literally what I tell everybody and you know I have these two girls they're literally they're in the office like two doors Mm -hmm. down from where I am right now and working and I told them I said everything's going to be great today girls because I did my active meditation Mm -hmm. (laughs) I rode my bike I got my exercise in you know I've I've taken care of my mental health so everything else that comes along today we're going to handle perfectly because Mm -hmm. I'm going to direct it that way Mm -hmm. and when you do that like it's incredible um, and if I didn't do it, I don't, I, I understand how business owners, and, and this isn't talked about a lot, so I'm just going to jump in there and talk about the, the high levels of entrepreneurs that mm-hmm. suffer from depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. and that have, um, I'm trying, died by suicide. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can just, it's basically felt like trial by fire now in the almost nine years into being the executive director. Um, and I mean, again, it's like a little bit different because a lot of the work I have to do is go out and fundraise. And I guess it's yeah. the same for entrepreneurs. Just there's no one's going to get a financial return on their investment in what we do, but it's really telling the story of the young people that we work with and their transformation. Like that's the return that they get. Oh, you're yeah. saving lives. Mm-hmm. What's better yeah. than that? You right. can't put a price tag on that, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy we're talking. <laughs> Let's just forget the podcast and just <laughs> keep going. Yeah. I'm going to book a flight to Boston. Mm-hmm. I'm already Great. thinking about my friend Patty that I want to introduce you to. She's a, she's also, uh, she's a disruptor. She wrote a book called Disruptors. And, um, and I, I keep saying to her, that's why I believe in all these signs that I want to come to Boston but I'm, a, I'm from New York originally. I don't know if you can hear it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sometimes it's a compliment and sometimes it's yeah. an insult. Depends. Yeah. Um, but I grew up, you know, in a very different world than I'm in now. I'm in Florida. Mm-hmm. And okay. um, 14 years later, I really love where I'm at. And I am in the second well-certified building in the country. Okay. So... Okay. My, I'm looking at plants, okay. live plants in my office and everything in here. There's no animal products. So I'm, I'm speaking your language now. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, um, I'm, I have recycled newspaper in a soundproof room that I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no toxins and this um, we good. have a, a napping pod. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of synergy here. And I, I believe that you know, you listening to the whispers is what I call it, mm-hmm. of what you should be doing and being directed will end up helping so many more people. So this meditation and mindset for children is, I mean, it's incredible. So what does it look like? Yeah. What about, tell me about the kids. 
Yeah, totally. Um, so our retreats are primarily 15 to 19 year olds. Mm, beautiful. Um, I'm sending please, my steps on your way. Yeah, mm-hmm. please do. And uh, I will. Right. So you can check out the calendar around the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so 15 to 19 year olds, they're five or six nights uh, are residential. We also do some wilderness backpacking mm. retreats mm. that are a little longer. And the day is a flow. It's a mix of silence and formal meditation and then going into relational sharing and practices and then free time. And then we have every afternoon as a mix, it's the the teens choose uh, creative expression, mindful sports, a discussion about social justice or gender. Um, And then we do yoga every day for about an hour. And then the evening is when we do what we call, we do loving kindness practice, more the heart compassion training Mm -hmm. and uh, what we call a wisdom talk. Mm -hmm. Uh, So every retreat has three teachers and our teachers are people who are, have been practicing for decades and are trained meditation teachers. And so they will give a talk. Usually it's, um, it can be on any topic that's really alive for them that will be relevant for teenagers. But it's really this question of like, why does this matter? Like, why would it matter to take the time to, to slow down, to be silent, to go in, to explore our own hearts and minds, to turn off your cell phone? So just to say, we also no cell phones allowed for the week. Mm. Wow. Te- technology free zone. <laughs> That's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do they feel about that? Is it like watching somebody detox? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's a mix. I think on some level it is, but then pretty much, I mean, most of them really are so happy to to like after a few days because they like this they can name I mean it's been amazing to watch this and I've been doing this for 12 years um and how much has changed in those 12 years in terms of technology so the teens will just you know just sitting around in free time and they just talk to each other (laughs) right like because you're not staring at your phone yeah Uh, Mm -hmm. and so I think they have this experience of like wow it's really nice to just be with other with my peers and like talk or go outside, go for a walk, like not be engaging through technology. Yeah. Uh, and then we hear stories of teens when they get their phones back, like deciding that they're going to change their relationship to having their social media on their phone or just like we do hear some of the teens like cutting back because the experience was so beneficial. Yeah. That's so great. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, I had the great pleasure Right when I was opening my business and still um, a part of this pediatric office, I had the opportunity to meet uh, Randy Zuckerberg. Mm. And she had just written the book, Dot. I don't know if you're familiar with it. If not, you'd be interested in it. It's just this little book for younger than the 15-year-olds you're working with. But um, showing them, like, you know, surfing the net. And then they showed, like, a kid surfing you know, it took technology and it, it kind of embraced what was happening in the world because no matter what, this is the world now, like, yes, nobody can stop it. Mm -hmm. And I have a a health, a very healthy relationship with it. I happen to love it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also know that my parents at the dinner table, when they come over to eat, have a harder time putting down Facebook than my 15 year old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we, and we say that. So one of the things that we often do 
So we ask, they hand in their phones when they register and arrive. Mm -hmm. And then the end of the retreat, we have a kind of closing ceremony Mm -hmm. and we offer appreciation. And um, part of that we do now is hand their cell phones back and do a cell phone meditation. Oh, I love that. Yeah. What a great idea. Mm -hmm. Totally. So just actually pay attention. Like, how does it feel when I have this in my hand, when I turn it on? Like, just notice. That's all we're actually asking them to do is see what it's like for them and then Mm -hmm. what choices do they want to make around that and how can we the skills that we're teaching them are giving them more choice so that they can choose how they want to be with that technology so wonderful I mean are you familiar with um Jay Shetty no Mm -mm. okay you'll love him so Jay Shetty is um this wonderful he's like the number one wellness uh podcast in the world actually and um he went to as a a young adult he went to the monastery for three months he Mm -hmm. thought he wanted to be you know this entrepreneur and you know he was in technology and working in big business and he was going to see all these speakers and then he heard a monk and this monk was talking about how happy he was with nothing Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that he genuinely saw something in him like I need some of that (laughs) And he, you know, he didn't stay, obviously, and came out. And now he just talks more about, you know, mindset, meditation and nutrition and all the things that I'm quite sure are in your life and Mm -hmm. everybody else around you. And it's made significant changes. Uh, You know, even Cooper, my my 15-year-old stepson, he now has headspace. Oh, Um, wow. Yeah, I know, right? And, And I never told him to. Mm-hmm. I just, you can be an example and be so surprised at what your children will pick up if you are walking that talk. Yeah, completely. Right? Yep. So mm-hmm. not a problem for me to put my phone down, although I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the the nature part and, and removing mm-hmm. myself from all of that. But, you know, we have to embrace it. Randy Zuckerberg wrote a book about it too. So, I mean, there's, there's really wonderful yeah. things going on. And we, we need to we need to just change their mindset. That's why I love what yeah. you're doing so much, because because you've implemented something for them to think through what it feels like going back. Mm-hmm. You've now retrained their minds to just go, oh, you know, I didn't miss it as much as I think yeah. I was going to. <laughs> yeah. And then and like then touching on addiction, kind of yeah. idea of addiction and technology and and some of the vulnerabilities of the teenage brain and that time in life mm-hmm. the practice that we're doing so much of it is about noticing your impulses and not acting on them right. so it's actually building that executive function capacity the impulse response basically yeah. so that they can see okay do, you know when do i want to use technology and then okay do okay there might be that inclination and i am experiencing this all the time like i would not say i have a very healthy relationship with technology so Congratulations. <laughs> Thank on you that as well. <laughs> I really and truly, I think yeah. I just got lucky. Now I, I have a media company, so technology is my everything. But I really, if I didn't meet Randy Zuckerberg, if she didn't, if I didn't read that book, if I didn't know how vital it was that if I'm even at a business meeting, um, my phone will never be out. If it is out, mm-hmm. it's never turned up. There's just yep. little tricks that you can you can do. It, you know, it's just like parenting and, and 
I could have taken the road which the pediatricians were actually encouraging me to with, you know, in, introducing, you know, medication. Mm-hmm. And I, I just thought, well, I want to exhaust every effort first. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you're right, then you, then mm-hmm. I'll go that path. Yeah. And I just, I mean, there's another aspect of that. And I, I really hold a similar view to what you're describing of like sometimes like not um, medication as really important. Yes, particularly for right. other kinds of mood disorders yes, and schizophrenia. mental illness. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yet uh, my approach in, in our organization, Inward Bounds approach to adolescents and to youth is that is like first, uh, just first honor and normalize and learn from. So like maybe it's just because some young people, like we're not getting outside enough. They need to like move their bodies. They have tons of energy. There's a different way that they need to learn. Like mm-hmm. they actually have a ton of curiosity. It's just kind of like, where's the, um, where's what's beautiful in this behavior that I don't like? You know, where's the right. need and the valuable piece of this? And how do I hone into that? And then be creative about the response rather sure. than coming in with like the fix and the resistance to the behavior. Right. And if we were really going to be very honest and candid, we, which, which I tend to do, when anybody does make a complaint to me about how, I mean, I literally just had a conversation with somebody who she was complaining about how kids can't get off their phones and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but you, you realize that we're raising them. Yeah. You realize that we are the ones responsible. So mm-hmm. when you, I go, so the next time you see a mom pushing a stroller and there's an iPad, think about mm-hmm. how the iPad got there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we really, we just need to, it's these little shifts, you know, that we can say something to make somebody think about something differently is you really can only do that if you are practicing this mindfulness and meditation that you really have to, you have to, well, you have to get honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yes. You got to get honest mm-hmm. and, and you can't uh, make anybody do anything. That's for sure. Definitely. And especially not adolescents. Right. And then, Mm -hmm. um, then let them see the benefits. Right. But I do think that there's too much people, too many people trying to blame kids. It it sickens me actually. And and anytime anybody brings up, you know, all millennials these days, I'm like, I know people that are 46 and are lazy as all get out. So let's not even go there. People. You know, it has nothing to do with the age that they are. No. And even if, I mean, right now, and so one thing maybe I'll say is there's my favorite book on the stage of life. So if anyone has a teenager that works with them is Brainstorm by Dan Siegel. And it's a great book. So Dan Siegel is an interpersonal neurobiologist Mm -hmm. at UCLA. So he's written about the teenage brain and basically reframing from this kind of common idea that we have like, oh, all the problems and they're so hard to be around and all this kind of thing. Um, He's reframing like why the kind of evolutionary developmental value of the way teens act in their brains. Mm. Uh, And so one of them is they take risks and they like go towards novelty. So they're creative. They think outside the box. And so when you think about, um, they don't just take the status quo. And, and if you then start to look at history and not even history, but today, like teenagers and adolescent brains are the ones that are really looking 
creating potential real solutions for the biggest challenges we're facing in in Florida, Parkland, youth, uh, Greta Thornburg, who's on climate change. There's just so many examples of adolescents. And then even if you look at the tech revolution, most of the people that invented these tech, these amazing technologies were really actually still adolescent brains. So just kind of valuing right? Yes, Mm -hmm. we have to honor it. And Mm -hmm. when you, I mean, you mentioning Parkland, right? And I I love the conversation that I had with Adam. So I don't know if you Mm -hmm. know that I I spoke to them already. They do the mindfulness summit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I interviewed him and it was fantastic. Mm I, because I do an event here in, um, in Florida, Tampa Bay, um, called Playing Unplugged, Just What the Doctor Ordered. Okay. So it's getting the medical community, and it's, it wasn't my idea. I sit on the board of, by any means, I don't want anybody to think it's my idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I sit on the board of Parks and Rec, and um, the pediatrician that I used to work for, uh, they had asked me if he could be the host, and we started this great event, and we got all the medical community, especially pediatrics, to come out and just show children what it would be like to just play out in the park like we did growing mm. up and climb a tree mm-hmm. and we get the Boy Scouts and, mm-hmm. you know, we have boxcars. It's wonderful. It's really such a great day. And um, now it's six, seven years later. And that's how I got introduced through different people to Adam and then now okay. to you <laughs> because mm-hmm. this this just takes off, right? That's serendipity in business. You can't stop it. And um, when we were doing that and and seeing the medical community come together and and figure a um, there that there is a place for all of this, but the more you educate people, the more opportunity you will have to have this penetrate to the parents because the, the the children will adapt. I feel like the children want to play outside, they want to do good, they want yeah. alternatives. Mm-hmm. But it's so crucial that age that you are giving them these opportunities to go on retreats are so that's when that's when it happened to me. And that so mm-hmm. the two girls that are working with me now, uh, both uh, one is at FSU, the other one graduated from FSU. And we talked about the time in our lives when things got hard. Yeah. Anxiety and depression sets yes. in yep. for most mm-hmm. graduating high school. Yep. And going away to school, sometimes mm-hmm. before, but it's always in those teenage years. We all know the drama yep. that goes on. And then being removed from what you've only known your whole life, your friends, your family. And now you have pressure to yep. become something. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, when it happened to me. And um, I stopped, like I said, when I was 21. But then I, when I wasn't drinking, each time I tried to get sober, I tried um, to kill myself. Mm, wow. So mm-hmm. yeah, right. So now nobody, so nobody knows it better than me. That's the advantage mm-hmm. of me having these conversations. <laughs> I, yeah. I was there. Yeah. So ha- I haven't taken, so thank God I got the right help. I was 21. Mm-hmm. I was ready. I was exhausted. Um, and then I was put on the right medication. I was in therapy and I had AA. I'm okay. supposed to say 12 step recovery. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I wrote a book and now my editor is taking out that name for whatever reason. I don't don't know. But I I mentioned that because I I would love it if people thought more about how fragile children are. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and how much, and I haven't taken an antidepressant or a drug or a drink in 25 years. Mm. 
so there's something to be said about somebody who wanted to actually die mm-hmm. and now somebody who can't wait to get up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. That's natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this can be, I mean, um, we've done research. There's been published research on our retreats pre post, and then even three months post the retreat with the impact for young people and just point coming to that question of depression and anxiety, the biggest shift that we've seen in the research is around deepening self-compassion mm-hmm. and self-love that they yeah. teens come away with. And, and that when they shift and cultivate and connect in more of self-compassion, how that impacts all the other um, metrics. So decrease in depression, decrease in rumination, increase in life satisfaction, all of these kinds of statistics. So these again these practices taught at this age it's such a vital brain development time to to Mm -hmm. lay down habits in the mind towards more kindness towards yourself you know towards like being able to get out of these repetitive thinking um yeah did you get another call no no, did you lose me? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, for like a nanosecond. But okay. it was perfect because there was like a nice pause. Great. We'll just tell everybody we meditated. All right, everybody, yeah. we just meditated. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to edit a thing. Okay. But you're, you're absolutely right. My question to you is because you and I both know um, 33 minutes into this yeah. that everybody has the attention span of a flea. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're, we're going to have to cut it off or people are going to stop listening. Um, and we'll continue it another day if you'd like. Yeah. But I think the medical community, so what is your relationship with, do you have pediatricians referring to you? Do you, do they know? Is there a pediatric yeah. psychologist? Tell me. We we don't. I mean, that's great. That's a good question. We don't. We don't. Um, well, I mean, though, as I say that, one of our board members is a pediatrician. Um, and she has. <laughs> so actually, I guess we do. Um, yeah, but, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Right. So, you know, again, the business of medicine, right? Mm-hmm. But there's a reason that I consult for doctors. Yeah. <laughs> because the, the doctors are really great at treating the patient. It's not the business. Right. And yeah. so the thing, and we do, there are a lot of therapists because nowadays mindfulness-based therapy is big. Um, mm-hmm. But we do want to say like our retreats are really for teens who both are willing, have some mm-hmm. willingness to come and then also are not in crisis. So, right. sure. So it can't be, you know, if they're really in crisis, it's not, I think these tools and skills can be really valuable, but it's not what we're offering on our programs. So our programs are really for teens who are curious about contemplative practice in their minds and also for teens you know, who are in the teen struggle and they have stress. Mm-hmm. And we have kids that are coming from all different demographics, socioeconomically, racially, gender. So kids are coming, you know, and what's amazing for me is, you might think like this kind of kid is going to have more stress because they're coming from a, you know, a lower income community. And, mm-hmm. and there is, there is a certain kind of stress that they're experiencing, but these super wealthy kids going to fancy boarding schools are experiencing huge amounts of stress as well. well that, yeah. You're just describing mm-hmm. the pediatric office I ran, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, I mean, and that was the biggest, the biggest place for me where I, you know, when you're coming to a, place in your mind where you're going to start talking about something because of the experience that you've witnessed throughout the years of your career or your life, which is what happened to me, is that I saw mostly it, it was the wealthy families 
it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. We we know this, but that it was the hardest because of the same thing. Like when you, after you heard about Kate Spade and the most horrible thing that I read were comments online about Mm -hmm. how could somebody like that kill themselves when they have everything. Mm -hmm. That's just ignorance. Mm -hmm. Right. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, I mean, I would love nothing more. I'm going to do a digital deep dive after we get off this call and, um, and maybe we can connect more and, uh, and I'll have all the information about your, your wonderful retreats. um, So you could, we could share that with our audience and, and I certainly will be looking up this adult retreat. Yeah. So any of your, your listeners are very welcome to come to our adult retreats and, we also do a year long teacher training for people who want to be doing more of this work directly with adolescents. Um, that's wonderful. So that's another Well, they say that, you know, um, the, the new soul cycle will be meditation. Centers. Yes, this is true. It's happening in New York. Mind I know. Well, yeah. That's where I was yeah. born. That's why yeah. I'm in the know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Maybe one thing that I want to say, because of your, this is focused on the business. Um, one, one little thing that we've implemented in our office, we have an office of six staff. Uh, we always meditate before group meetings. So even if it's just a minute, we take a minute and it's amazing what can happen in a minute where you just close your eyes and be silent. Well, uh, you're going to love this. When I was director of operations for New York medical and had 11 offices and 42 satellite offices. And when we would bring in our management team the vice president and I would start with a moment of silence. Wow. Great. And, and this is in my twenties. Mm, so good. And what a difference it makes. You are so right. And I, oh, so excited that this is happening and that people are, <clears throat> excuse me, because it, imagine then it was so rare. Yeah. Like every, all of the management team thought we were nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got my girls from Brooklyn and the Bronx going, you know, I ain't going to meditate for nothing. Well, let's just try it. And you really do. You have to have the right frame of mind and some peace and quiet before you accomplish anything great. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And just to check in, like, let yeah. it settle, be focused, know what you're in the meeting for. There's just so much that comes out of that. Thank you. Attention. Totally. Yes. Right. Now, that these are other humans that I'm about to interact with. Right. Right. Yeah. Let me be empathetic and mm-hmm. let me express kindness, even if they're angry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Girl, we could talk for hours. Okay. Totally. So I am going to connect you. with you on a different level outside of this podcast, but thank you for what you're doing. Yeah. I really, really you. think it's amazing. And I'm, I can't wait to tell everybody about it. Right. Thank you so much for, for the opportunity. And I hope I get to meet you in August. Oh, August. I'm coming in August. Cool. I look forward to following up. Yay. All right. Thank you. Take good care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.